Hello, everyone. Great news, people. We sort of, in a roundabout, vague way, sort of, kind of, maybe know what Listen to Your Heart is all about. Shout out to week three for extending those important details. From what I gather, it's a singing competition with a love component, yes, and the couples are judged, sure, but what we don't know is how these duets are scored. Do we have parameters? Are there rules? Is there a handy leaderboard? Will the judges hold up paddles with numbers on them? Heavens no. At one point, Jason Mraz offers a great job, as Kesha told someone they were beautiful. While JoJo and Faker and Rogers said one performance gave them chills. I'm pretty sure that's equivalent to a check plus, a smiley face, and a grape scratch and sniff sticker. Nevertheless, some guy in Austin and I break down the performances and give our expert opinions. You should also know that I am in no way musical. Also, I call Matt by the name of Mark half the time, and in one instance, I identify Becca as Brie. We're all in this together, aren't we? Speaking of names, I want to thank everyone, and there were so many of you who helped me figure out the contestants' doppelgangers. Let it be known that Brandon will forever be Rolf until the end of time. Should he and Savannah sing in a gazebo during a rainstorm? I just might die. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 166 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Ray. I'm here with some guy in Austin, and we are about to discuss week three of the Bachelor spinoff show, Listen to Your Heart. And fortunately, this week, we sort of kind of understand what the show is about. Am I right? <laughs> I think the first part of that is correct, sort of, kind of. They're still, I mean, I don't, I don't even think Harrison knows what the show's about. Like, did you see how just visibly annoyed he looked when he shows up at the mansion yes. the first time? He's like, this is so JV. What am I doing here? Yeah, Where's exactly. the JV Harrison? Ooh, who would the JV Harrison be? That's an interesting question. I'm thinking. Uh, how about Mark DiCarlo? Remember, he used to host uh, that like kind of second-rate kids game shows <laughs> on Nickelodeon. No. <laughs> no. Well, Google Mark DiCarlo. I think he's the he's a poor man's Chris Harrison. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll Carson take Daly, it. maybe uh, Carson. Carson. Davis. He's pretty high up though. Now that he has the voice, that's a pretty solid show. I was going to say the same for Ryan Seacrest, but now he's on. Regis and Kelly and Brian. No, Seacrest is the only guy on earth that makes more money for useless hosting (laughs) gigs than Harrison. Maybe so. Okay, here we are. Harrison comes in and he has two purposes. I'm going to tell you the first purpose. You're going to say the second purpose. The first purpose is what are we doing and how does this work? From what I can gather using context clues, It's sort of like dancing with the stars, if you think about it. So you have a couple and they're handed a piece of paper that says, you sing this song. Then they go off and practice it. Then they come back and they perform it in front of judges slash live audience. I'm using that term loosely. 
And mm-hmm. then the lowest score of everybody performing is out. Right. Now, but they still have to give each other roses at the end, which I was confused <laughs> about. Okay. So that, this is whenever it gets a little bit questionable because we have two celebrity judges who are in the music industry. And then we have some sort of bachelor success story who they are going to judge on chemistry on stage. Yeah, and right. if you are in love, which is totally judgeable. Now, do we know what they're judging on or any criteria or is it a one to 10 scale? Do they have paddles? No, we don't know anything. It's uh, the word arbitrary comes Mm, to mind. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? Let's back up to Harrison's first appearance. So he comes in all all annoyed like he just learned, (laughs) you know, how the show's going to go. And and he goes in and then then he he drops some new rules. Yeah. uh, And then he says, um, guess what? Um, this isn't going to work. Nothing like it's been working the next two weeks, by the way, no one else is showing up. Mm-hmm. We're out of people, <laughs> you know, whatever, you know, people saw the we show. We don't have enough quit. time. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it was so random. They have one week, two people show up and then nobody else. Right. Um, and then all for whatever reason, Harrison basically says, you know, GTFO, if you're not, um, you know, coupled up with somebody. So he, they all kind of freak out. So, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Um, <laughs> Julia, who became a horrible person this oh, week, um, horrible. is torn between that, uh, pseudo chotch Brandon and, um, uh, Sheridan. Is mm-hmm. that his name? Sheridan? Sheridan. Sheridan. That's what I call him. But, yeah. but then like five people from the cast just disappear. <laughs> True. Uh, Ruby Jane. Like what, what the hell happened to her? Yeah. So Gabe is really weird because he doesn't want to be with Ruby Jane because Harrison has given, you have essentially an hour to figure this out. Now, I know you've known these people for 48 hours, but this has to be the person you're going to fall in love with. So get to it. Well, Gabe doesn't want to be with Ruby Jane. So he goes to Savannah and he says, hey, I think I could mesh and gel with you. What do you say? And she says, no. And because she says no, that means that... Gabe has decided, I don't like anybody else, so I'm leaving, which by default means Ruby Jane has to leave. Yeah. Because everybody else is coupled up. It's it's so, it's so weird, but there's no goodbye, uh, no fat nope. guy in a leather hat coming nope. to get the suitcase, none of that. <laughs> nope. It was just this, like I said, I've used the word hasty three weeks in a yes. row now. It, just, it was so thrown together. And then once they do get coupled up, um, I was a little confused at how at the song selection Mm, mm -hmm. because on one hand we had like the backstreet boys and then we had uh i can't remember all of them but they all were seemingly unrelated you know different genres and things um we'll get to it but yeah so just when i figured out or i thought i'd figured out sort of how this thing was going to go um harrison changed all the rules that's Um, exactly right now it's sort of it's no longer Bachelor Pad, or I'm sorry, Bachelor in Paradise meets, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the Wes Hayden show. It's it's Dancing with the Stars meets Love Connection. Here's my favorite part, though. Everybody in that one hour. What I think is hilarious is Julia thinks that people are actually going to switch around and so she's yeah. thinking this is my shot to get away at, from sheridan yeah at brandon and go for brandon and go for brandon however 
And and she has every, I'm going to give her this. I'm going to give her this. She has every right to believe that she's got a shot because at the water cooler that morning, what did Brandon say? Hey, Julia, I knew Sheridan was going to give you his rose. So that's why I gave my rose to Savannah. But there's something here I would like to pursue. Yeah, because I'm 34 (laughs) and on a reality show with 21 year olds. So they put all the girls in their bunk bedroom and they say, talk amongst yourselves. So Julia has no problem saying, I really like Sheridan, but Brandon said to me this morning, he would like to pursue something with me. And Savannah's all, what? I did not know this information. And so that that causes Savannah to fall off an emotional hill, roll all the way down, land in the horizontal position in a puddle of her own tears. But of course... Brandon comes back and says, hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't like Julia. I like you. And then that yeah. causes Julia to cry because she learns uh, Brandon's going to stay with Savannah. That means you have to be with Sheridan. Yeah. My favorite part was when um, Julia, to save her own um, time on the show, agrees with Ch- to go with Sheridan. And then do you notice when they were rehearsing? Mm. Um, I mean, poor Sheridan. He's like trying to you know, work out the work out the arrangement, yeah. you know, figure out. And, and she just, she can't even look yep. at him and he knows it too. Yep. I mean, it, I just felt bad for him. He actually seems him and I think Ryan, uh, mm-hmm. really do seem to be, um, really into music more than the others. I think yeah. Natasha, who by the way can sing, yep. you know, better than anybody else. I think, yep. um, you know, she's just she just hasn't made it. I mean, she's thirty three, and the best thing she can hope for is the listen to your heart tour after they win <laughs> whatever event that we forgot to mention that the grand prize. Oh yeah, is is uh, a listen to your heart bachelor tour um, that Woo. will undoubtedly be coming to a city near you uh, once this uh, whole quarantine <laughs> is lifted. Bless their hearts. They didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Okay. Other things that we need to point out, but we're not going to touch on very much. Becca and Kid Danny, they had a pretty woman date together that resulted in nothing other than Becca saying, it takes me a while to get to love somebody or something generic like that. And you can tell Danny was like, play the game, girl. Come on. None of us are in love. And then we have Natasha and Ryan at the House of Blues with Chris Lane, who is the husband to Ben's reject, Whitney. No, Lauren Bushnell. Lauren, but what is it? Bushnell? Bushnell, like the the binoculars, I think. But did she look a little little thin or was she always that thin? I think she was always that thin and we're used to her having big hair. And probably more elaborate clothing than just a tank top and jeans. Yeah. Well, I don't know who Chris Lane is, but apparently he's doing okay. Um, Did you get on on the um, on the uh, Danny? What was it? Danny Becca date? Mm -hmm. I thought um, I thought Danny seemed a little more excited about the pretty woman date than Becca did. (laughs) He did. (laughs) I I got and look, I'm not saying this to be rude, but does he not strike you as gay? There are times, yes, when I yes. think that, mm-hmm. and and so I just couldn't see the chemistry between them. He seemed more like a like like her gay friend, and they were mm-hmm. going shopping together, and that apparently played itself out later because I don't think she could she yeah. could get there, you know. Right. Well, the next thing we know, everybody is 
practicing their songs all around the mansion, which is driving yeah. Julia crazy because <laughs> Savannah and Brandon are just right over there singing. Poor Sheridan is still going, hey, can we practice maybe once or twice yeah. this uh-huh. night? I don't know. And everybody else is excited. We should mention that Jamie is dealing with some stage fright. I'm nervous. I don't want to screw this up because I really like Trevor yeah. vibe. Should I may want to call... Um... Dr. Jamie. She should, uh, yes. That's that that was the name, wasn't it? It was yes, Brad's it was. therapist, Dr. Brad's Jamie. Therapist, Dr. Jamie. Mm-hmm. They may want to dig that guy out, get her some self-actualization <laughs> exercise that she can do between yeah. poor musical takes. Yeah. Um I thought um we'll talk about the performances more in detail, but she's dragging that guy down. Like he's yeah. you know, he, he, I don't really like his voice, but he can sing and apparently you know, you could tell like Sheridan too, he's sort of trying with her and she all she's giving back is, I hope I don't mess this up. I'm so terrible at this. And at some point, um, somebody's not getting a rose. Even mm. though, hey, and by the way, what's up with Harrison calling out the roses? He's getting his hands dirty. This he season. is. Somebody's got to do it. And he probably asked for a few yeah. extra Benjamins to do, but <laughs> hey, we'll see. Okay, the first people, the first couple up, uh, we are in the, I'm going to call it the mansion courtyard, and they have gathered up all the people on the Hollywood tour bus that was going by at that moment to stand around and listen and be the live studio audience or live courtyard audience. The two celebrities are Jason Mraz and Kesha, and then we have JoJo and Fake Aaron Rodgers as the Bachelor but people. Kesha did not, not look good. She she looked like... um. I told you last week, I, I really feel bad for her because I think that whole, was mm-hmm. that guy's name Dr. Luke or something? Is that the, the producer that I don't know did, did awful things to her? Yeah. Um, she never recovered from that. Yeah, I thought, thought last night she just looked uncomfortable in her own skin mm-hmm. and just looked like she was heavily medicated. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. just, I just it's kind of sad to watch, honestly. It was. And um, she kept giving me a Debbie Gibson vibe, too, with some of her facial expressions. But she was, she really did look like she was waiting through the process. Like you said, just really tired. Jason Mraz seemed to be really into it from a musical standpoint, although he kept saying everybody was beautiful. Their music was beautiful Mm -hmm. and somebody would ground somebody else. Those were his two favorite critiques. Right. And then Jojo and fake Aaron Rodgers were there to show, here's how you have chemistry. My favorite um, was, I don't know who, I can't remember who was on stage, but um, they they pan over to uh, JoJo and it, fake Aaron Rodgers and he looks over at her and goes, do you think she even likes him? And Or maybe she asked a question. She asked he, him that. Yeah, and he goes, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but according to JoJo, um, I, I, you know, speaking in hyperbole is never effective, I guess, in, when subtlety is required because – Every time she complimented something, something she said, "Oh, I believe this is just this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen." Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, not really. I mean, you, you're, you know, you're on the Bachelor. Listen to your heart. Yeah. It can only be so beautiful. <laughs> she's she's had a hard row though, a little bit. I don't know. She's still with him, which is great. They're not married, are they? I don't know. I think uh, they had some sort of renovation show. Yeah, I did watch it. It was in Austin, actually. They they oh. did a um, they filmed it in Austin, even though I guess they live in Dallas. Maybe I don't know. But they would buy a um, they would actually buy ownership stake in somebody's uh, Airbnb, mm. and they would uh, put the money in to renovate it, and then they would take a perpetual cut of ah. rent. 
um, yeah, so they would, they would like put 30 grand into like your garage apartment and make it an Airbnb and market it. And then in exchange, they would get like 20%, you know, of your rental fees or something. So it's just, it was your standard renovation show. Um, mm-hmm. they seemed to work together well. You know, I think he, he seemed a little more reluctant in front of the camera than she does. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think he, that's pro- probably his NFL, I don't know, is he NFL or NCAA football commentator? It doesn't matter. Football, he's some sort of football commentator, and I think he probably considers that a little bit of a step down, maybe, when he's having it, yeah. to go on Listen to Your Heart with his girlfriend. He's having to follow his girlfriend around to a show that he... Doesn't really care about. Used to be on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that would maybe maybe seem like uh, he was backpedaling a little bit. Just a smidge. Let's start with the first couple. It is Mark and Rudy. They sang Fallen All in You by Sean Mendez. What were your initial thoughts? Oh, wait, hold on. I'm trying to picture Mark. Matt, sorry. Yeah, okay. So it was Matt and Rudy. Yep. Um, I thought she sounded a lot better than I thought she would. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought they had good chemistry. They seemed to like each other. I don't know if there's love in the air or whatever, but they seemed comfortable with each other, um, musically. And then also as, uh, romantically as they're acting, but, um, yeah, no, they seemed fine. It was a decent performance. They started it out well and you just saw, um, what's her face, Jamie, while she was watching just melt Mm, in the mm -hmm. audience with fear that somebody else knocked it out of the park. And I think it's important. This is what I said last week. I think Rudy was going to do well. I predicted that she would do well because she's, she's used to being on a stage in front of people. Now she's a backup singer typically, but she at least knows the feel and what you do and what it is. The problem with them though, is Matt had a guitar, which yes, let him keep the guitar, but that, that guitar made it where they could not get close to each other. Everyone else was all up in each other's business. They couldn't do that because he was playing his guitar the entire time and he never turned sideways so she could come in. And that was the part that I thought everybody said, oh, y'all don't love each other as much. I mean, you look like friends. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's more of a friendship deal, but I thought, you know, performance-wise, they did okay. I think I mean, they did I, great. I think I they didn't know the song. Good. Do you I, know the song? I didn't. I've heard of the song, but I yeah. didn't. I couldn't. I probably couldn't have recognized it the way they were singing. I do have another prediction though with them, based on everybody else on the list who are paired up right now. I think they have the best shot of giving Bree and Chris a run for their money in the love department because they're the only two in my opinion, who are going to naturally fall for each other. Agree. They may connect through music, ironically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they may actually fulfill the purpose of this stupid show. Um, because yeah. otherwise, what are we doing? It's Bree and yeah. Chris. Nobody else is in love. <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> right? We're selling ad space on uh, a- ABC is what we're doing. Um, you know what, though, Matt? I, I was I had to think, you know, when they, they panned back from him last night, um, I, Mrs. Some guy refuses to watch this show, by the way, but, um, she sat down for the first performance just out of sheer curiosity. And, uh, she was walking through, but anyway, I, I said to her, I looked over, I was like, this guy looks like every, every, there's a, there's a CrossFit gym. That's like, they work out outdoors, like kind of by my house. And I, whenever I drive by it, there's always like 10 guys that look like him. Yeah. You know, kind of stocky build with a beard and a stupid haircut, like throwing tires at each other. 
Um, anyway, he looks like he ought to be doing CrossFit somewhere. <laughs> so he seems actually like a nice guy, though. I, I actually, he seems like a decent dude. I and and uh, she she kind of won me over too. I told you when she yep. apologized and all that. So yeah, I know. That, I thought they were good. The yeah. second duo is Bree and Chris. They sing "Beyond" by Leon Bridges. What are your thoughts? Um, I, I didn't like it. I didn't either. Yeah, see, there you go. We're on the same page. Well, both of them seem uh, like sincere, nice people, and I really do think uh, in the love category they 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 do like each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're sort of I view them opposite as Matt and of Matt and Rudy. I think Matt and Rudy um, have a really good like friendship connection. Yeah. They're really good with each other musically. I think these two are opposite. I think they're lovey dovey, but I just don't. I didn't like the performance, and maybe it was because I didn't like the song. I don't know. I think what I think they probably do work together, but here was the problem, and they even pointed it out. Brie was performing to the audience and trying to get some sort of entertainment value points, which we don't know if they exist or not, but she was very much dancing around and pointing yeah. to the crowd and then looking at him. He never took his eyes off her. Mm-hmm. So he essentially stands there and sings really good. But they're they're doing two different performances. They should have said, "Hey, here's the feel we need to give." Jason Mraz loves Chris and thinks yeah. he has a great voice, but Bree got a little a few ticks against her for playing to the audience instead of being in love with Chris. Right. It's so subjective and mm-hmm. ridic- ridiculous. Um, and as you said, like, God forbid they would give him a score sheet. Of, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, this is how it's weighed. Um, so to it's be fair kind to of Bree, like they got two smiley faces, a check mark and an A plus. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and for no categories, I mean, there's no like showmanship or whatever. Um, but yeah. So to be fair to Bree, she was probably taking her best guess as to, to what she was being scored on. I didn't like the dress. I thought the dress took away from the the performance mm-hmm. it was distracting mm-hmm. uh it was too formal um was it that silver long sleeve silver thing yeah she, it was that, a, like, a long sleeve silver lame thing okay the third people becca and kid danny they sing ho hey by the lumineers first of all i hate that the, the song could um, it be the easiest song in the world to sing yeah, but it's just how it's not really. I mean, I, it's more of a chant than it is kind of a romantic song. That was a tough one to kind of connect with, right? Because mm-hmm. well, it I is it so. is more of an audience driven, you know, kind of. Yeah, there was an area ho nor a hey. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I thought that was probably the worst performance. I agree, uh, and, and it just wasn't there for me. And here's the part that killed them slowly. Killed them was whenever. They have finished. They were both sitting down, uh, kind of leaning in on each other and singing their song. Nothing pizzazz about it. He goes in at the end to kiss her, and she literally leans away from him yep. on and, the stage, yep. denying. Yeah, so when that happened, um, they panned to uh, fake Aaron Rodgers. God bless that guy. He's got <laughs> He's got his own identity, and he, there's enough tension with his brother and anyway. I don't know what his, his name is right rich, now. <laughs> celebrity dating <laughs> uber rich female race car driver yeah. brother and this guy's like eking out money at airbnbs in austin mm. anyway god bless him but he's on uh, listen to your heart so all yeah, is well exactly. yeah so take that real iron rogers <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think Aaron Rodgers is losing sleep. <laughs> just picturing Danica Patrick calming Aaron Rodgers down, going, look, it's all right. It's all right. You're good. You're a good quarterback. Um, at any rate, uh, when that happens, they look at each other when, when, uh, Brie, is it, it was, it was a Becca, um, just refuses to kiss him. Mm. Um, she looks at him like, Ooh, that stings, you know? Mm. So, but you would think, think about it though. What, what got me about that was she had to be very conscious about the act they're putting exactly. on and she couldn't even bring herself. I know. She's to listening to her heart, literally <laughs> well, going, Ugh, I can't. <laughs> and of course she received a double check minus yeah. frowny face as a result. In, in, in the, uh, in the mysterious scorebook. <laughs> Next up we have Rolf and Savannah. <laughs> they sing. He is I've... 16 going on 17. <laughs> I believe she is 17 going on 18. <laughs> they sing. Um, <laughs> No one knows. I hope. I seriously hope. You know, the three people who get that reference, I hope, are laughing hysterically because a lot of people are going like, "What the hell is he talking about?" Blasphemous. They need to listen to the podcast about Sound of Music with me, my mother, and Jamie. It's hilarious. Exactly. Okay, they sing "I Want You to Want Me" in a very weird arrangement by Cheap Trick. Thoughts. First, all right. Uh, two thoughts. First of all, Rolf is not seventeen. He's seventeen times two. <laughs> She is that, 16. That might, be the funniest, that might be the funniest part about this whole thing. He's 34 years old, and he still looks like Rolf from Sound of Music. Oh, gosh. Uh, all right. Um, I, I First of all, I thought the arrangement, I thought the song selection, I it was so annoying and mm. terrible. It was too different. It was, it was too abstract, I think. But did they sound good together? I thought they did. I yeah, thought no, it I was... Agree. Yeah, I, mean, I thought it was fine. And you know, when life gives you lemons, you got to make lemonade mm -hmm. and add vodka. I would also say that as he is standing sideways at the microphone, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but she, they start off sharing the same microphone. So that puts them very yeah. close together. And then eventually she gets her own mic and they pull apart. Well, stinking Faker and Rogers and JoJo said, y'all were really close at the beginning and then you spread apart and it just ruined the moment for me. It didn't look like you were in love anymore. And I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah, give me a break. And of course, Julia and Sherds come up right after them singing As Long As You Love Me by the Backstreet Boys. Thoughts? Mm -hmm. Uh, again, lemons, but they made lemonade. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought they did as well as you could with that song. And by the way, that's, that's no lumineers. Like that's definitely, you can definitely, you know, make that a romantic moment. Mm -hmm. Um, she doesn't, she's not into him. Oh, she was thinking about the little. whole time mm -mm. and I feel bad for him. Cause I think he's trying if that's a thing here. Like I really do think he takes it seriously. Absolutely. And he's trying and she, he just has a terrible person for a partner. And um, he's, he's, hopeful he is still hopeful right now as i sit here that she is going to fall in love with him and they're going to make beautiful music together right. because they did that night why julia knows how to turn it on and yeah. act she faked it for sure oh, and, yes. which was my point earlier about becca like julia was able to fake you know an entire three minute performance and convince uh, fake aaron Rodgers and jojo that they were entitled to whatever Mm -hmm. points they're giving out um 
whereas Becca couldn't keep it together for 30 seconds and act like she liked um, Backstre- or, uh, New Kid on the Block Danny. <laughs> I think that uh, fake Aaron Rodgers, he loved the song because apparently he's a Backstreet Boy fan and he stood up singing along with them. Mm-hmm. Even Jason Mraz was mouthing the words under his breath. You could see that. So they yeah. had that going for them, that they had a, a pretty mainstream popular song that most people knew, I would say, in that era. So fake Aaron Rodgers is given a... I don't care who you are. That's, that's more of a Bachelor in Paradise type of... <laughs> he didn't mean to say it that way. The Freudian slip there. <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be a thing. You know? <laughs> tweet, tweet Harrison. Tweet Harrison. <laughs> that was terrible. Oh, yeah. man. Okay, so next is Natasha and Ryan Mayer. They sing Stay. Uh- by Rihanna. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it's a great, now I'm not a big Rihanna fan, but that like vocally, like that's a good mm-hmm. one to pick, right? It's mm-hmm. all, it's all vocal driven. There's not a whole lot of instruments around it, but she has an incredibly mm-hmm. strong, powerful voice and he doesn't. And she, she needed like some kind of Teddy Pendergrass, you know, like gravelly male, yep. very masculine voice to make that work. And, um, I thought it fell on its face because he just couldn't, he couldn't he sing couldn't up to hang. her level. Yeah, he Even Jason hang. Mraz said, you know, look, her, you gotta be careful because her career, her voice could take off or what, I don't know how he put it, but mm-hmm. basically what he was saying in a nice way was she just eclipsed you. Yep. Um, yeah, she, she outsang him and that's why it didn't work, but I thought they did a good job with the song and, you know, as far as getting, getting the arrangement done and whatever they had to work on, they seemed to work together well, but their voices just didn't fit. Like I was, I was a little worried at the beginning when he was sitting at the piano and then she just busts out from behind the stage and comes and sits on the piano bench with him. I thought, Oh, I don't know about this, but they weren't yeah. there for very long. Then they got up and they sang together. Like you said, she would, she's an arena singer. She's got vocal cords and they're powerful, but that's not his genre. So right. the, the two of them together, don't match and so if they're gonna win this thing she's gonna have to come down and he's gonna have to bump it up or do something different yeah. i don't know maybe, but, maybe they just go with some kind of captain and tenille scenario maybe where so. you know maybe he sings a harmony every now and then and lets her do the yeah. do the leg work and he uh i think really likes her in a in a way that i can't believe this is happening and i think she is <laughs> using him every note she is just using him exactly like Jason Mraz said. I'm going to leave you eventually. It's just, yeah. I need you to win this competition with me and then I'm going solo. Yeah, she's the best singer in the house, I think, for sure. Uh, the best vocalist, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about musician wise. Maybe she, you know, I don't know if she can play an instrument or whatever, but she definitely can sing. That's yes, for she sure. Can. And that was um, surprising to me. I, I admit that I judged her prematurely thinking that she would be some sort of, I don't know what I thought she would be, but I did not expect that voice to come out of her mouth. She's 33. Come on. She missed her chance. I mean, the Hollywood years, she's, I mean, you know, that's like 53. <laughs> okay. What did you think about Trevor and Jamie, they sang I Could Use a Love Song by Maren Morris. 
Yes. Um, now let me just tell you, you're gonna you're gonna think this is uh, borderline blasphemous um, because Trevor gives me a bit of a Gosling vibe. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know what it is. He he gives me kind of a Ryan Gosling kind of hmm. vibe. He gives me a General Hospital vibe. Like he should be on their show. <laughs> he could keep his name too. It'd be like Trevor, Doc, Doctor Trevor, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so who was he with? Remind me again. What was her name? Is it Jamie? Jamie. Yes. The yeah, one who so, had terrible stage fright and was going to throw up right before they went on. Yeah. I, you know, she's so young. So mm-hmm. you give her a pass on that. I thought it was okay. I mean, she seemed to get the kind of knock the cobwebs out and, and get over the hump on her first performance. Um, but he's carrying her, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's just kind of, and he knows it. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he's not frustrated yet, but I'm sure he will be. I mean, there's only so much whining and insecurity you can take. I agree. And I didn't understand why at the end of their performance that she gets an interview with Harrison when he says, hey, I heard you had a few butterflies or nerves or something or you were scared to come out here. And her response was, yes, I have a hard time loving myself. <laughs> what? And then every all the judges just affirmed the crap out of her, and you didn't even know Trevor was there. Yeah, um, that you know, I think that that um, that saved the performance. But mm. clearly, look, I, I thought they're at the they're at the bottom of the pack just because of that the whole issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's be clear the people the, the people that ended up going home deserve to go home. Yes, I think. and those people were Becca and Kid Danny, which yeah. makes sense. It, she didn't want to be with him, that it's never going to work. So we're cutting those strings. As you mentioned, the weirdo, awkward uh, part was Harrison walks in and he says, I will say the names. If I say your name, you get to stay. And he just calls them off one by one. <laughs> and they come up and the boy says, will you accept this rose? Yes. And then the girl says, will you accept this rose? Yes. And then yeah. they go into that room. I can't remember go, what you called it. They, they're sequestered in the ante room. The ante room. And then they have to cry and <laughs> kind of Did you like... notice nobody cried for Becca and Kid Danny leaving though? They didn't no, really everybody, everybody knew it. No one cared. They really knew it. It was bad. Um, who do you think, out of everyone, who do you think hit the high note in week um, three? I'm gonna say no. I don't. I have. I'm not sold on her. And I don't like her that much as a person because I think what she's doing is self-serving. But I thought Natasha mm-hmm. clearly demonstrated um, that she is is a very talented singer. So I thought yeah. she hit a high note this week. And I will give a an honorable mention um to rudy and matt i thought their their performance was really good that's awesome i agree totally i think natasha came to play and she showed it and i think everybody else kind of went oh okay and i think rudy and matt had the most fun the most potential they went first which is always a good thing i think so i i i'm i'm looking forward to them next week performing uh of we have the two people again, Becca and Kid Danny, who left. Of, I'm going to say Kid Danny. I, I don't know Becca enough to know, but if you had to give a swan song to Kid Danny, what would it be? Oh, I, I got to think of a song. Yeah. Are there, are there any sad New Kids on the Block songs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever that, whatever that one is. Please um, don't I, go, I, girl. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Let's let's do that one. <laughs> oh. 
just can't live without you. So listen to me. Hey, thank y'all for listening. You were a little sad that I started speaking over Joey's voice, weren't you? I'm sorry. I understand your disappointment. Hey, make sure to check out the show notes for all sorts of fun links, including the songs featured on the show, how they were supposed to be sung, or I should say, how they were originally sung. It's fun to compare the two. If you're interested in reading a recap while you're over there, I have listened to your heart recaps. Check it out in the recap section. And while you're there, you can also sign up for my newsletter Or one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. Thanks so much. And make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to check out my real books, the ones that have actual pages that can sit on a shelf. They're called Why I Hate Green Beans, and it's a love story. In fact, it's a love story is one year old today crazy. You can find them wherever books are sold. Wash your hands, stay safe, and tour together again, physically, in person. Love you, mean it. Texas forever. Instead of uh, Becca, I was going to do Danny. What's his swan song? Who, who's, which one is Danny? <laughs> that makes me laugh so much.